Alrighty. Good morning, everyone. Here we go. All right. So um, I'll just bring attention to my awesome socks. Um, I broke my toe a few weeks ago, um, and I'm finding walking with shoes really hurts. And when I did my practice sermon, it's really cold on the stage, so Brian bought me these cool things. So. <laughs> um, if I get bored, just look at them. <laughs> Alrighty, um, so we're in week two of our greater series. Um, last week, Danny did um, Hebrews 1 to 2 um, with discussing our worldviews differ. Um, the, but the best part of our worldview should point us to Jesus. And we acknowledge that these days are hard, fast, and with technology, for anyone who is old, I totally understand it, it can be really hard. Um, and today we're going to do Hebrews 3, 4 to 11. Um, last week we saw that the writer... I'm just going to breathe. Okay. Last week we saw the writer of Hebrews establish that Jesus was greater than the angels. As the people of that time had seen, the angels were like essential to their faith. And this week the author switches and he says... Just like the angels are important, Moses is important to your faith as well. But there's something more. Jesus. The Jews had spent generations holding Moses tight. Moses was the, the man that had gone up the mountain and he'd got the laws and he'd come down and he came down transfixed. You know, his face transformed and Moses had parted the Red Sea. Moses was essential to the Jews' faith. He was the pillar that they had put in. They had held him tightly. And this section goes, yeah, Moses was great, guys. But Jesus was greater. And in essence, those rules and regulations, there's something more. I'd like to stop here, though, and go, I've just spent three months studying the Old Testament in uni. And oh, my goodness. I have fallen in love with it. It has become my favourite unit that I have done in uni and I am halfway through. There is power and wonder in that Old Testament. Moses was amazing. You just have to pick it up and you can see the true love of God woven through the Old Testament. So please understand as I go through this, I love the Old Testament. There is a place for it. So I'm going to do three sections as I go through. First up, Moses was great, but Jesus is greater. Second, we can get caught up in those rules and regulations, but there's more to life. And when we start clinging to the more, Jesus will get rest. So let's start. Hebrews 3, 1 to 6. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest, for he was faithful to God, who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder. 
but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truth God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are in God's house if we keep and encourage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So really simply, honour Moses, but Jesus is greater. Here's the thing though, if you've held tight to something, is it really as easy as going, hey guys, just let it go? It's been your safe place. It's been your foundations. You'd, you've not heard about the miracles all your life. Like this is something the Israelites really held dear. Is it as easy as saying, Jesus is greater? And the author says, Moses didn't give us the answer to life. He was pointing us to the answer. The answer's Jesus. Now, as we understand from last week, and if you pick up any commentary on um, Hebrews, it's written that this book was written to the Jewish Christians of the first century. But it says in that word, and so, dear brothers and sisters, who belong to God, who are partners in Christ in heaven. So if you believe in Jesus, if you've confessed with your mouth that you believe, if you trust in him, then this message is for you as well. It's not just for those. Anyone, anyone who has fixed their eyes on Jesus. But let's face it, rules and regulations are part of a life. I work with kids. I know how important those rules are. Kids need to know there are consequences for their behaviour. When they know what those rules are, when they know that this is, this is life, they can work through it. Special needs, even more so, they're almost rigid in that line. But so are we. Job descriptions. We have rules and regulations. If we know what's expected of us, we'll achieve that. But if we're just sort of flapping around loose, we don't achieve anything. We need rules and regulations as well. Moses was faithful to God. He continued to return to God when those rules didn't fit the situation. And the author's asking us to do exactly that. In Exodus, we see this faithfulness of Moses. He goes to God. He consults God. He comes down from consulting God and he passes messages. Jesus did it too. Every big message, every big decision that Jesus made, he'd go and pray, and then he'd make a decision. Sometimes you and I can assume that the things we have put in place to help us abide by the rules will guide us, and we forget that it is only through faith, a soft heart, and consultation with God that we can make a difference. Let me repeat that. Are you ready? Sometimes you and I can think the rules that we have put in place to guide us through life are all we need. But it is only by faith, 
a soft heart and consultation constantly with God that we can make a difference. Jesus was the servant of the house, just like the angels were servants and they brought messages to people. Moses is only a servant. But Jesus, well, it's his house. He is greater. He's the master. Verse 6 says, hold on to. And this word in Greek, ancient Greek was kadeko. Is that right, John? Kadeko. 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 Ooh, I've been practising that. And it means to hold, to occupy, to possess, contain. And I liked the original word here because I think hold on to is just like, oh, yeah. No, 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 this is so much more. We need to, like, put Jesus at the absolute centre. We need to hold on to fast, like, possess. Like, this is, you know, this is important, guys. Don't, don't just you lose the meaning here. This is something that we really need to t- hold tightly to. And when we do, we see the glory of God. Here comes the why that we need to hold on to Jesus, that we need to kadeko so firmly. And the second part, the rules and regulations. Hebrews 3, 7 to 13. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when, the reb- when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. So be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that, you, that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every other day while it is still called today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. This is also a direct quote from Psalm 95. The Old Testament coming through in the New Testament. There is such a place for it. And we're in essence seeing that we need the Holy Spirit, the helper, the gift from Jesus to guide us through this. Because without that, we just can't do it. Each generation thinks they're improving on the last. Each generation thinks they can do it better. They're wrapping it up differently and they're achieving something more. Did anyone watch Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. Traditions. Totally not doing it as well as Lewis did. But it just I just was sitting there last night watching it going, oh my goodness. Traditions, we sit on them and we think that that's the only way forward. Or if we're changing it, we're doing it so much better than they've done it previous. But it's not so. We become obsessed with these rules and we forget that there's faith behind it. It's the same mistake the Israelites made in the desert. And then the psalmist from David's time saying, hey guys, don't harden your hearts. And then the Pharisees did it. 
And then the first century generation did it. So we know that this message is for us because it's, you know, it's constant. We're doing it as well. We can get so caught up in the here and now that we forget what God has done for us. I sometimes think to myself, man, if I had seen that Red Sea split, there is no way that I would allow my heart to hearten. I've just not seen a big enough miracle. But if any of you have heard my testimony, you totally know that that's not the case. Because what God has done for me... Last year... Last year was a really hard year for us. I tried to work full-time. Brian's job got a little bit intense. The kids' sport seemed to start amping up. Life just seemed to go from and we've all been through it, yeah? Now, I was working in a church. I was studying the scriptures. I was serving his people. And yet, I was missing something. When my close, when my close friend and mentor passed away, and then shortly after Brian lost a really close friend, neither of us really stopped. We just kept thinking to ourselves that if we just kept going, if we just kept, you know, we'd get to this and we'd be able to stop. We'd just go here and we'd stop and it would be okay. The problem is I'd forgotten what the essence of life was. And in February this year, I broke down. I'd stopped a little through that space, but nothing, absolutely nothing like I needed to. I forgot to worship Jesus. I forgot to say, I trust you. I forgot to wonder at his wondrous works in my every, in my everyday life. We need Jesus today. It's a message for those in the desert. It was a message for the Pharisees. And it is a message for us. Don't harden your hearts. Trust in Jesus and receive his amazing gift. All right, Hebrews 3, 14 to 19. For it is with faith to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed. I love that, as when we first believed. Before we put wills in. We will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And so, and who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses had led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath they would never enter his rest. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter rest. And that brings me into my final part. Jesus is greater. And because he's greater than the rules and regulations, 
we get rest today. Kadako. Is that right, John? Kid, what is it? Kadeko. Thanks. Gotta love teens. Um, hold firmly. I want you to close your eyes and get this image in your head. You're a toddler and you are holding on to your father's hand. You're not just softly holding on. You are gripping because you know if you are going to let go, you're going to get lost. There's these giants around you. There is noise. You have no idea where you are going. So you are gripping with life-saving firmness to your father. That is us right here, right now. Keep that image in your mind as you go through life. I don't want you to be lost forever. I want you to have that life-saving grip with Jesus. All right, you can open your eyes. We're not running in a rat race like everybody else. We need to pause in Jesus and he'll give us what we need. The only way to get to the end is through him. With that firm grip, that toddler-like grip, he owns this house. He knows the way. He will lead you. Therefore, so Hebrews 4, 1 to 11. Therefore, I love the therefores. Therefore, because Jesus is greater. Therefore, because God knows us. That's what I love about God. He knows us so perfectly. Therefore, because Jesus is greater and God knows us, and he knows that we're tempted to follow the rules, he wants to give us the way through. Therefore, he is giving us the answer. Therefore, since the promise of entering rest still stands, which is great news for us, who's tired? Yeah. Who feels bound by rules? feels like they're constantly striving to get better and never achieving. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, have faith, belief and trust in Jesus. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it for the good news that god has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them but if you did but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to god for only we who believe can enter his rest as for the others, God said, In my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. We did not know this is ready because in the play, because of the place in scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first 
heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Some of us don't realise we need the rest. Some, we like the rules. We do good at obeying those rules. We feel good because of those rules we've put in place. We don't know how tired we really are. We're secretly terrified that if we drop the rules, we'll lose everything. We are still in that rat race and we feel we need those to keep us going. God set aside a certain day when we could enter rest. So let's find out what that day is. So God set another time for entering his rest and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Now it was Josh who, Josh, sorry, now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is special rest still waiting for the people of God. If you are weary, Jesus is greater. And he wants to give you rest today. And any day that is called today. That rest is offered for us. You don't need to continue striving. You don't need to continue doing good works without rest. No, let me rephrase that. Sorry. Your good works should come from that rest in Jesus. He's already forgiven you. You don't need to keep striving. You don't need to atone. Just receive it. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labours, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter the rest. For if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fail. So let us do our best. I am saying it's going to take work. Kadako means we need to hold on firmly to Jesus. And that's the work I'm asking. Hold on firmly. It's in places of rest when we're really holding tight to Jesus that amazing things come through. My ministry champions came from a place of rest. Not the ministry champions, the program. I was spending a massive amount of time in prayer for uni, praying and having a chat, going, hey, there's something missing here. What do we need to do? And this amazing program was born. Amazing works can come from rest. And I want that for us. I want us to enter that rest together. So as we're going to pray together, I'd like to repeat it after me. I'll say a few words, you say a few words, and then we'll finish. All right, let's bow our heads and the worship team can come up. Lord, help me. See that the rules that I am relying on can show me the way to you. Show me the rest that comes from holding on to you. Amen.